This is the SFF Audio Podcast. I'm Jesse. I'm Trent. I uh, I run the Violent World of Parker about uh, the Parker novels by Richard Stark, uh, also known as Donald Westlake, and. That is the subject of our, of our discussion today, is a Donald Westlake novel called 361. Mm-hmm. I, I remember uh, last week, I think it was, I asked, uh, I asked Scott, or maybe Scott asked me, uh, what the title meant, 361. And it's right at the very, very beginning of the, of the audiobook. Uh, do you remember what it, what it meant? Um, it is not in the beginning of the print copy, but uh, I have... Uh, in my hands, if I can find it, uh, something I'll be referring to throughout this, which is the uh, introduction to a short story collection called Levine, uh, uh-huh. where he discusses 361. And, uh, and I'll, I'll tell you, yeah, if you yeah, while, write, while you're looking write, that up, write, I'll tell you. Down. It's actually really interesting. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's the number in Roger's Thesaurus under which you will find the subject of killing and synonyms for killing. So uh, there's an online edition that says, Killing, 361, 361, destruction of life, violent death, killing, killing, homicide, manslaughter, murder, assassination, (laughs) truncadation, ecussion, effusion of blood, blood, bloodshed, gore, slaughter, right? So this is a really literary thing because killers don't, run around with a thesaurus, right? Authors do. <laughs> Guys named Donald Westlake. He says, hmm, I'm going to write a book about killing. Hmm. Oh, I need my thesaurus. He looks it up. 361. So it's like a literary reference to killing. And, and uh, he says in the, uh, in the introduction of, of the book I was talking about uh, that he wanted that to be the front page of the novel and that never happened in the print edition, even the hard case crime edition, which is the one I. Oh, really? Have. Uh, but the audiobook people apparently fixed that. Yeah, they. Me- it's just very briefly mentioned. It says uh, Rajas Thesaurus, three sixty one, and it says destruction of life, violent death, and then it, it goes on from there. I mean, there's a whole the, the whole section here that you know goes down to assassination and cutting down, and there's a huge number of synonyms death blow, finishing stroke, coup de gras, right? It's all of the things that you could possibly think of that are to do with killing. And it's not exactly what the book's about, but it's a nice sort of Donald, Donald Westlakeism, I think. Oh, oh very nice. This, this, this book, um, they, looking at Westlake, you know, after 75 years of, of his life, and in reading this one, you see how much of a blueprint it is for lots of things that came after. It's got a whole lot of his uh, tropes. Uh, the uh, it's 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 even got the uh, it, this was, he started this before he wrote the Hunter, the first Parker novel, but he finished it afterward. Um, and it, it there. They're very much companion pieces. Uh, there's even a scene on the George Washington Bridge, which mm-hmm. is the opening of the Hunter, uh, and, and it was a, it was sort of those two. These two books are uh, 
sort of an invention of the extremely cold-blooded style that that he would use, you know, here and there f- from that part forward. Um, and it, I mean, I could go on and on about this, but the uh, like the setting is 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 the New York, you know, general area where and the mob, the mob where he lived, uh, the mob where he lived, the New York where he lived, the mob, uh, the. Uh, I think it even mentions at the beginning. Uh... All right, you're gonna to have to edit this part out. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. Uh... Uh, well, well, let me let me uh, let me point to a couple of things and uh, see see if you can get your reaction. There was a um, a review on uh, a very brief review on a blog I follow called Those Sexy Vintage Sleaze Books, a blog about vintage softcore paperbacks. Yep, I've been so there. It's not ex- yeah, it's not exactly a dead-on. Uh, Westlake wrote a lot of that stuff, but um, there's a couple things in the review that made me think, oh, the guy's doing it from memory, because it's not exactly right. So it says, uh, a simple. Uh, this is to set up so people know what the book's about. Westlake published this hard-boiled crime noir when he was still doing Alan Marshall duty at nightstand in Midwood. A simple setup. Guy gets out of Navy, so it should be Air Force, right? Mm-hmm. Goes to see his dad. Someone takes out a hit on his dad, put, uh, plus his wife's brother, uh, sorry, brother's wife, and leaves him in the hospital. Getting out of the hospital, he sets out with his brother to find out who killed his dad and why. Seems like his dad had connections with a mob when uh, he was a lawyer many years back and was told to stay out of New York or else. This is not funny Westlake, and funny's in quotation marks, uh, that many of his fans know and love. This is his ultra-hard-boiled stuff, cold, stoic, noir, more Richard Stark territory. An interesting read when compared to the stuff he was writing at the same time for the soft course. And... Um, there's a nice picture there that I haven't seen anywhere else on the internet of uh, one of the hard hardcovers, I guess, from uh, around the time it was originally published in 1962. So uh, I, I wanted to take exception with a couple of things other than, you know, the Air Force Navy thing. Uh, you've read some, a lot of his other stuff, and he uses the Air Force a lot, doesn't he? He does. And, he was in the Air Force, I believe. Uh, yeah, if, if memory serves, I, he was definitely in the military. I think it was the Air Force. Um, yeah, Green Eagle spores set on an Air Force base, and uh, and and the Hunter. The very little bit of background we get about Parker said he had a stint in the Army. Yeah, uh, and got. Uh, I, I I think he got kicked out, but for stealing tires or something. And. Uh, yeah, no. A lot of his a lot of his characters do have that background, um, which is sort of where I, where I went off uh, and failed at, uh, at talking about certain Westlake tropes. But you're you're absolutely right on that. Um, one that isn't in this book, which is why I uh, stumbled, was uh, I was just reading Backflash, the Parker novel, and, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's got uh, theater people in it. He all he, yeah he loves that he, summer stock he's he's the, the Growfield so series so many books the Growfield series and, and several others uh, are about actors and and things like that and uh, he writes about his life I, I I would assume that you know either he he's uh, attends a theater his wife's a theater person he's got to be writing about his life because all the stuff comes up again and again. 
Uh, and, you know, it's all New York and East Coast, and every once in a while, there's, like, the, in the, I, I think the 80s, he wrote a, a couple Hollywood ones, you know. It's, uh, it's writing about his life. The only way he could, you know, he's not writing fantasy, he's writing sort of, uh, fantasy of his own life, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, he, uh, he takes, uh, he, he takes the world he lives in and, and makes it, uh, more dangerous and scary than, than it really was. I mean, Westlake lived a fairly, you know, boring life by, uh, most people's standards. He, uh, pretty much just wrote books and had a wife and a couple of kids and had a little farm out in the hills. Uh, but he he takes that, you know, sort of, uh, and especially with 361, he, he tries to rip the surface off of it and, and expose what's beneath it, even though, I mean, I doubt he ever hung out with a lot of the mobsters. I'm sure he corresponded with uh, with a few people just because they liked his books. I think he mentioned- yeah. Apparently, the Parker books got a lot of criminals writing him from prison, <laughs> saying thanks for the manual or something <laughs> like that. How to be a crook? But yeah, it's it's sort of neat, and you, and you wonder. I have no idea how accurate it was, um, having never been part of the underworld myself. But uh, <laughs> I, 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 I have somewhere, and I, I won't be able to find it right now, but uh, one of the introductions of the, to uh, the 70s reprintings of the Parker books talks about what you were saying about people writing for prison. They also corrected him on a couple of points. No, mm-hmm. you, you, really, you really wouldn't do it this way. This is how we do it. <laughs> Well, they are in prison, so they couldn't have done <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, they, right? they weren't—they weren't as good as Parker. Well, um, I, I think you know Parker is is probably is it his longest running? Is it longer than Dortmunder, or just it's pretty close? If it yeah, is, yeah, uh, there were twenty-four Parkers. I'm not sure how many Dortmunders there were, but it seems about that many. It's neck and neck. I, I think uh, Parker's actually a better analog for his life than than Dortmunder, even though Dortmunder's uh, more of a human being than Parker is, just because Parker eventually settles down in a, in a very strange way that, you know, he's got a wife and his wife says, you gotta, gotta keep it, keep it separated, right? Yeah. He, he, it becomes domesticated in a way. Yeah. You know, I was always hoping he would write that book where, uh, where somebody kills Claire I I don't think I don't think he would even have considered it just because that was the beginning, right? That was the beginning of the book is is the betrayal and and the death and all that stuff. But in a way, three sixty one is is that book. Um, I I see the I actually think it is superior to um, the Hunter. I'm not a big 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 fan of the Hunter. I read it quite late in the series, and I don't think it has. Um, I don't think it stands up nearly as well as the rest of the of the Parker series, including like the Man with a Getaway Face. That was my first. That's the second book in the series, and I I found that that just throwing you right into the action and it not being about revenge but solving problems, and then revenge comes into it. Right? He's got problems to solve. I think that this this book is actually more interesting in in a couple of ways. But I wanted to go back to that um, that review. Uh, on those sexy vintage sleaze books, and and take take exception to the word stoic. So uh, is, he's he's 
the author here is saying that this is a about a stoic character, and I think that's completely wrong. I think it goes back to uh, you were in on our podcast about about memory, right? Mm-hmm. And in that book, uh, there's a lot of existentialism. At least Greg was pushing that point, and I think he's right. Um, and I think that this book is very existential as well, rather than stoicism. It's it's not about you know bearing life's burdens and and looking at them from a way that makes makes them reasonable and understandable, but rather it's about finding a purpose in a purposeless world. And I had you send me a quote here from the uh, from the book, and you've got it here, and it says. Um, to begin with, this is from the main character, uh, about halfway through the book, I'd say. To begin with, every man has to have either a home or a purpose. Do you see that? Either a place or something to do. Without one or the other, a man goes nuts, or he loses his manhood, like a hobo. Or he drinks himself, uh, he, he, he drinks, or he kills himself, or something else. It doesn't matter, it's just, it's just that everybody has to have one or the other. And I think that that's like the, the the coda for the book or something like that because he he's drinking throughout the, the as soon as he, the accident or the 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 opening sequence that causes the the chain of events to start flowing as soon as that's over he starts drinking heavily right he he starts looking for a purpose his purpose is revenge but it becomes very muddled as to who he can get his revenge upon. And he, he's drinking to block out the, the fact that he doesn't have a purpose. And eventually he gets to that state right, right near the end of the book where he is a hobo. He's a bum. He's in the drunk tank, right? He, he is, uh, without home and he's without purpose. He rejects, uh, the, the purpose of other people. And I think that that's a really interesting, different take. Parker could never be like that, right? Uh, Parker is determined to be uh, the man with purpose. And his purpose is get money. Doesn't matter if he needs it. He just spends it until he gets a need for more money, right? And you're, you're absolutely right to uh, reject the word stoic because uh, the character is driven by uh, anger and emotions. And he's... He's he's not even in control of his of, of himself at all. No. Uh, Parker's always in control. This guy is the complete opposite. Uh, so he, the 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 passage that Scott highlighted is is actually. I wish I had highlighted that. Uh, but well, it stuck in my mind quite strongly, and I I remember you know the the words that follow so. It's it, it. I think it is a very important scene to. Uh, for me, it was the the key to unlocking the the purpose of the character as actions. Like there, there's no one more pissed off than this guy. I mean, and, and he's not even sure what he's pissed off about. Um, I I thought, and this is the third time I've read it, and and, and I've always every time. I expect it to end with him actually taking over the operation. Yeah, of course. But he doesn't do it. Uh, and the, there, there's a the drifter mentality where, which, which happens to a lot of people in the service. You know, you, you start when you're 18, you get out when you're 22. And it's like, what do I do now? And 
he has no idea what to do. And then the circumstances push him to do certain things. But then once all of that is settled, I mean, what's the guy going to do? Is he going to is he going to go uh, get a job at a pharmacy? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you, you you have no idea. Uh, it, it's uh, he's he's pushed in a certain way uh, that he caves into. I mean, he could have walked away at any time and, and chooses not to. Um, and at the end of the day, okay, now that you've settled the scores, what happens next? And there's no answer there. Well, uh, I, uh, one of the one of the things I love about Donald Westlake books is he doesn't make any character. Uh, every character has its has his or her own own life. You know, there's a, there's a bunch of supporting characters in the novel, and they all have their own little world that they're running through, and they, they appear as characters in this novel, but they have their own story that is not being told. And we get that. Uh, there's a good example. There's a he goes to uh, the office of a lawyer he plans on killing, and there's a secretary there, and she has a, a whole story about about why she thinks that this lawyer's been doing wrong to her boyfriend. And right, the, the main character doesn't care about any of that. He's just suffering through what she's saying. But she has a, her own whole life story going on that is supporting but they all reflect also what we don't see in the main character so you know remember there's a a private detective Mm -hmm. and he comes in and he says multiple times he says the same thing i I really wish i had the courage to do what you're you know to to do something like that (laughs) he he wants to be involved and he wants to have purpose but he he's he says you know i'm a coward i'm a coward at heart and i know that and so i'm not i don't want to be really involved but on the other hand, I am quite bored, so if you've got anything to keep me busy, I'd, I'd really like that. That's that's our main character in another, you know, with a different personality. Yeah, no, the uh, the, the scene in the law office is, is completely brilliant. Uh, <laughs> just the, uh, yeah, you're right, there's a huge backstory there, and like, you could write an entire novel about uh, her and her relationship and how she ended up uh, where she is. Mm-hmm. But but instead he just drops it, uh, you know, dr- drops it on the reader, and lets you think about it. Uh, and then the the private detective character is like he just he, like he, the, I got the sense I, that he was incredibly intrigued by yeah the, the 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 dirty world that he could become a part of. Um, you know he could take the money he's a, he um he's he and uh, and she and the main character are all completely honest and uh the main character's brother mhm bill yes What's that his name uh, yes and and uh no one else in the book is i mean they're all they're all double dealers and liars uh, and for uh for Bill, just wanted to live a normal life, and circumstances pulled the rug out from under him. The main character, uh, Ray, also, I'm not sure uh, whether or not this is true, but I got the sense that he, well, he talks about, ah, I just kind of want to settle down and 
live with my family and blah blah blah. Uh, he's he's got some sort of he's he's he had this plan in his mind. He was going to see his 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 father. He was going to reconnect with his brother, and yet uh, he can't do that for very long. And you 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 know it wouldn't be a story without without that. But it the one of the other reviews that I've read about this book is that you're surprised by the response that this character who's telling you his own story has to the situations, right? He's, he's confronted by violence and his response is to be just as violent as the people who committed the violence rather than us calm readers who uh, are, you say, hmm, I, I, we should get involved and inform the police of what's going on. <laughs> We're much more t- timid, and and uh, it, it, it. Some of the other stuff I've seen is says it's a noir book. It's not noir. It's this is the def- definition of hard boiled, right? He is uh, somebody who's so cynical uh, in in a surprising way. He's he's incredibly c- cynical, and I, it may be the 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 scarring and the the loss of an eye and the damage to his his leg are all the symbols of you know the trauma that he suffered, uh, so that that informs his his rage, his his determination, and yet he's confronted by a sort of a morass of of unknowns. He doesn't know who killed his father. He doesn't. He, then he finds out that his father isn't his father. Right? His brother isn't his brother. It's his half brother. It's it's a uh, it's a angry man who's confronted by no place to put the anger and so he 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 constructs an a place to put that anger and that that, that actually uh I'm glad you brought up the uh the father thing because uh, getting back to the point of uh honesty when his real father says his biological father not his real father uh says Hey, I'm your dad. Here's here's how uh, this all happened. His brother is in, you know, nice guy, but he's in a huge state of denial. Uh, the main character sees it immediately. Like, oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, like he looks at it, says that adds up, and his his brother's like, no, no, I I don't want this to be true, so it's not true. Uh, Ray is like, oh yeah, it's true. Deal with it. Dr- drink some whiskey. <laughs> yep, a lot of drinking going on. A lot, in this lot of drinking. I actually looked up House of Lords. Uh, I don't think they make it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> was it a real? Uh, was it a real? Uh, it, it was a. Drink? It, was, it was a real whiskey. Uh, okay. Discontinued uh, probably before I was born. <laughs> hmm. They drink gallons of it in the book. Indeed. Um, I think I think that there's something if you go into the father character a little bit too. He's got this plan, right? He's he's been in prison for 25 years or something like that. He, he's coming out and he's got this plan to take over the mob. But if he can't do that, he's going to go live with his sister, right? And there, those are those are his two options. So this is Westlake again, paralleling the the main point of the of the of the book, which is. You know, you either have to have a home or or, or a purpose. If his if his purpose isn't taking over the mob, then he'll go live with his sister because that's the only home he could have. He doesn't like his sister, 
sister right. hates him. Right. They don't like each other, but um, that's his. Those are his only choices, right? Because he either has to have a purpose or go live with the sister. And either one, once you, it's like once you've made a decision, you don't want to go back and look at the what ifs because the what ifs don't tend to make you happier, right? They tend to make you uh, depressed and regretful and that sort of thing. So he's he's saying those are my two options. I'll be satisfied with either one, but really I have a preference for the, the taking over the mob thing. And it sort of works out for him, right? Well, I mean, the, but he the, gets the, happier and happier as, as the time approaches. Well, he, but he, he gets that he's happy, going down he, that path. He gets happier and happier, but he ends up dead. The, 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 the purpose... The purpose is bad. Uh, like, <laughs> it, it, well, it's not moral, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, I mean, getting getting your adrenaline going, uh, which is which is what uh, happens to Ray. Like, he's constantly, I've got to do this thing. I got to do this thing. It's like, no, nah, dude, no, nah, just just get a job at, at, at Walmart or whatever, and, uh, <laughs> and 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 chill out in, in, instead of. Uh, Getting involved in murder and stuff, and and his uh, father is the same way. Like the, he could have gone to Florida with or without his sister, and not ended up dead and tanned on the beaches and had a couple of martinis. But like, no, nah, I'm I'm compelled to do this. It's an addiction. I'm not sure it's an addiction. I think it's 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 he doesn't have a choice. He thinks he doesn't have a choice. He doesn't. Those are not real options. You know, go to the live on the beach in Florida. Um, that's not really an option. He doesn't see it as an option. He he's got the he's got somebody killed his father, right? So he's got to get revenge. That's just obvious to him. Um, now, if somebody killed your father, you might say, "Oh, it's obvious to me. I, I've got to get revenge." But it might might be not the first thing that comes to mind, right? You're going to certainly feel dissatisfaction. To him, it's the only option. And then when he finds out that. You know, the person he thought was his father wasn't his father. Then, oh, crap, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't, how am I, who am I getting revenge for? Well, uh, right? I, I, I was talking about, uh, about uh, Eddie Cap. Oh, Eddie Cap. I'm sorry. Yeah, when, when, when he got out father. of jail, he had the option of retiring to Florida with his sister or without his sister or trying to take over an operation. And... Decided, even though he's old as hell, I, I'm, I'm going to take over the operation. I'm not. I'm not just going to go to the beach. Um, he, he he made a choice to, uh, for I mean, whatever reason, he he didn't need it. He doesn't need the money. He just needed the the power, the responsibility. Uh, he, he was absolutely. The, the uh, Westlake writes a lot about how happier he seemed, like when he was right. I've got that line right here. Sending and receiving says, phone calls. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm still the man. Like, it, it was so important to him, even though you know reading books on the beach wouldn't have been a bad idea. He says. He says. This is. A, um, let's forget about that. He got mad. He glared at me. She was a good girl. He said. She gave me a good son. He he was just dissing his mom, right? Saying she was a whore, and then he's changing the story. Yeah, I I had to grin. Okay, he grinned back at me. Okay, it is, boy. And I'll tell you something. They're out of their heads. They're panicky. He's talking about the mob. I can look at at you two, and there's no question which one of you is Will Kelly. 
He says, do you think so? You wait and see. Ha! He sat back again, smoking like a financier, his eyes gleaming in the dim light. We'll give them merry hell, boy. Who wants Florida? (laughs) The Seminoles, they can have it, he said. (laughs) You know know what I was going to do? I figured I was an old man, washed up, ready to retire. I wrote my sister, frigid-faced bitch, but I didn't know anybody else in the world. I told her, leave that bum she's married to. We'll live in Florida. <laughs> He's desperate. He's desperate. And, and, and uh, that would have been a better option. Well, it would be a more humane option, but it wouldn't be an, been a novel, right? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, of course. But like, he, he, can't, he can't stop himself. Uh, just like his uh, son Ray can't stop himself. Yeah, it's uh, there's almost the genetic thing. I, I think I think I wanted to ask you, what did you think of Bill's death the first time you you? Because it, it comes and it's instant, right? So they walk into the room and the Bill's dead, and then, then they it's like then there's a lot more. There's one sentence that describes him being dead, and then the rest of the next few pages, or rest of the chapter, are them going you know dealing with the the police who think that. He may have been murdered or whatever. So, what what did you think uh, of the way that was handled? Uh, I, I, I my my immediate impression was, yeah, this is the kind of guy that would commit suicide under these Absolutely. circumstances. Uh, but of course, the the bullet the bullet like like they note in the book the uh, the bullet hole in the middle of the forehead is not how you commit suicide. Not generally, no. So it was like. It makes sense, but set up, and of course, it, it made sense to the cops because Bill is a really depressed guy. Like his life, he has a reason to be depressed. His, yeah. yeah, his life has gone to hell, and he didn't he didn't do anything wrong. He's just there, and all of a sudden, his wife's dead, and he's finding out awful things about his family's past that he thought his dad was a up and up stand up guy, and then it turns out he's a mobster. Uh, finds out his brother was actually from uh, another biological father. So, so the the suicide made sense, but yeah, uh, the bullet hole in the middle of the forehead. Your the reader and and Ray and uh, without spoiling too much, uh, <laughs> the, the person who actually caused the murder were all yeah set up. It's it's interesting though because I I accepted it as a murder. I didn't think. Of, I mean, I think he was the the one line right that get get away from the detail and get to the the follow up to see what happens. The the cop the cop shows up near the end again, doesn't he? It's the same guy, right? Or is that the, the, detective, the, private, the detective. private detective? Okay, it's the private detective. So the cop, yeah, he said he never saw him again. The the cop, one of the cops, watched him to make sure he you know. He wasn't the murderer of his brother, I guess. And then um, he he goes on a he almost goes on a drunk in the way that he he does at the end of the book, near the end of the book, um, it, after his brother's death, because he's he's lost uh, he's lost purpose again or something, and you know another another blow to his his I I I think it might be identity is you know the, his his existential problem is he doesn't know who he is. Um, and he keeps losing access to who he is. He's the guy who's going after the guy who killed his father, who's not really his father, and he used to be in the Air Force, right? Right at the beginning of the book, he gets off the bus, um, and the guy and the, the bus driver says, Goodbye, soldier! 
right? And he says, I'm not a soldier, I'm an airman, right? But he doesn't even say it. He just want, he wanted to say it. And I'm not even that anymore. He's, he, his identity, he's not, the, he's not his father's son, he's not his, his brother's brother. He's, he doesn't know the kid uh, his, uh, that he's uncle to, or half-uncle to, and there's no mention of a love interest in the whole book, is there? No, there, there, there. Uh, actually, that that's a funny story um, that uh, Charles Ardai, uh, when he when he was republishing the book, insisted that there needed to be women on the cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we talked about this a little bit last podcast. There are no women in this book. There's where's the one? There's the, I mean, there are no real women. Yeah, there's the, no love interest. Yeah, the, certainly. The, 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 well, there there's the woman in the law office, but uh, but that's it. As far as action scenes go, yeah, there's a couple of hookers in in a party scene, and and they have no lines. And and that's uh, that's what they decided to go with. And uh, when uh, <laughs> when Ardai was talking to Westlake, like I got to find a way to put a chick on the cover. But there aren't really any chicks in the book and scenes that we can use. Uh, Westlake was <laughs> said something to the effect of, uh, "Well, maybe uh, maybe the 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 front page can, or the cover can be a <laughs> them driving with a billboard with chicks on it." <laughs> yeah, and uh, the 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 cover of the Hard Case Crime Edition is a little bit of a cheat because uh, that scene doesn't actually happen. But they came as close as they could. All right, it, it, you get the. He's in a trench coat. He's got a luger, right? Uh, who are the people in the background? Is that B- Bill and his father and and the the wife who's murdered? It's it's unclear, right? Yeah, it, it, it's uh, it's the hooker party where they're celebrating taking over the New York operation. Oh, is that it? Okay, but uh, in, in the book, he uh, yeah, that makes sense. Uses a rifle to make an assassination from outside, and uh, on the cover, he's. All trench coated with a pistol, about to barge in. Yeah, so that is in that scene is in there, I suppose. Uh, sort of. Sort of. Yeah, I don't know. I I I I think this is it. it, it was, this is my second, at least my second time reading the book, and I, I can't say it was super memorable. It, you know, the first time I, I read through it, it was like, oh yeah, this is a good book. Another another Westlake. Uh, I've checked off my list of Westlake titles that I've read, and I don't. I don't want to reread it accidentally, <laughs> but uh, it, it it's got a lot going for it. This this is a very solid book. Yeah, yeah this is my third time around, and it, it's a very re- uh, rewarding reread. There are so many things that uh, that I just kind of, uh, and I wish I still had my notes that I just kind of passed by the first couple of times, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, that is a really, really great line." Like the one uh, Scott highlighted. Uh, the, the, Do we read that already? Yes, uh, about about the purpose, right? And 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 the story arc that you pointed out, where uh, you end up like a hobo, and then he ends up like a hobo. <laughs> you know, those are much so. those are things that pass me by the first couple of times when I'm just like, oh yeah, guy's gonna kill some people, fun. Um, but it, it really is a fairly deep read. Um, I, 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 it's uh, and I should, I should probably read a lot more Westlake books again 
to uh, appreciate this, but I think this is one of his very best. Uh, well, I can't. I can't disagree. It's. I mean, what I what I usually think about a Westlake book is, no matter what, it's going to be an entertaining. Uh, even if it's not completely successful, it's going to be an entertaining read. And uh, the success seems to be, you know, you can't tell from the beginning whether it's going to be a complete success or not. Um, but it, he he always manages to 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 do a good job. Um, one of the th- one of the things that runs through basically every Westlake sort of independent novel of this era. And uh, a bunch of Lawrence Block ones. Did you catch the reference to the movie he went to see? The Sound of the Distant title Drums. Of the... That's right. So this is either a joke that they're passing back and forth. They all always got to put that in there. Um, and I think in this case it was a, a movie about a gay gay man and his lover. And, and he didn't find it. <laughs> I think there's a line about how he didn't find it particularly in, in, insightful or something like that. And it was probably a reference to one of uh, one of uh, the books that they had co-written or something like that. The, the Lawrence Blocker. I, I can't imagine how many books that that line has been in. That title, that fictional book, has been in, and I know it's in other books too. Yeah, I, I, uh, I've tried to. Charles Ardai's done it. I've, yeah, I've, I've tried to note it when when I when I come across it, and when I when I write up this one. After this reading, I'll, I'll mention it again. But yeah, the, the, it was a long, long-running joke. Sometimes it's a movie. Sometimes it's a, uh, a Broadway play. Uh, and uh, Charles Ardai used it as a Hong Kong action flick. Uh, right. Uh, it, it's uh, the point where I actually try to track down to see if anyone had actually made something with that title, but nobody has. Someone will at some point. <laughs> It's uh, just it's just, just, just to make a super geek joke. It's not a terrible title. No, to me it sounds like a western. Uh, could be, could be. I I I think it's more a military picture, Mil- military uh, story. But um, the, the the other thing, I mean, talking about the media within the media, right? Um, you notice how West? I guess the only Westlake character that doesn't read a lot of books. Uh, when they're not, you know, when they're, there's always a waiting scene, right? A, a scene where they have to wait uh, by a telephone in a hotel room for two or three days. They go see a movie, and then they always grab some paperbacks. <laughs> they're always reading paperbacks, these characters. These paperback characters are reading paperbacks, and they often get frustrated with them and throw them out the window or something like that. It's a, it's a sort of a repeated theme, but... Um, there's a there's a similar uh, Lawrence Block novel. I, I can't remember the um, the. It was under his Paul Kavanaugh uh, title, uh, Paul Kavanaugh pseudonym. You know the ones I'm talking about? No, Have I, you read I haven't those? read those. I, I've, read, I've read a lot of Lawrence Block. Um, unless you're talking about the ones Hard Case Crime republished. No, they haven't. Uh, there's two. There's one. Uh, I think Paul Kavanaugh wrote. Uh, three novels, um, or Block wrote three novels as Paul Paul Kavanaugh. One of them is a uh, novelization of a movie, and that was a kind of a weird thing to do for uh, Lawrence Block. Yeah, I think it was wow, a novelization that, that, of a movie. That's shocker of the year for me. <laughs> I can't imagine, yeah. can imagine Lawrence Block doing that. 
Not Coming Home to You, I think it was called. And I, I read it and I thought, and eh, it's based on a true story, I think, about some killer, serial killer or something. It wasn't a great book. Um, but the other two are quite interesting. And one of them is called Such Men Are Dangerous. And I think this is a, this is one worth, oh, it says 1969 uh, it was published. It says, um, okay, there's no description there. But it's about a sort of an ex-military guy who is purposeless. And he, he's living on a, a beach in Florida and uh, some island beach. And he keeps, keeps, trying to go into shore get, gets alcohol and buys alcohol and some bacon and and whole stack of paperbacks and then rows back out to his island and he's he's trying to not kill himself i guess is the idea trying to find a reason for for living and then he goes on a uh here it says turned down for a job by the cia paul Kavanaugh attempts to hijack a u.s missile shipment to arm good guy gorillas. So somebody comes to him on the island finally and gives him a purpose. And there's a there's another one uh, I, I, written I, I, as I, I Paul can guess exactly what year that was written. I bet it was uh, 1967 or 1968. 69 is what uh, it says for I was, publication. I was, but I was close. Well, it may have been written in in 69. Yeah. The, so the revolutionary politics. The uh, Along the same lines as uh, the Green Eagle score, absolutely, and all the other, all the other score books actually, uh, uh, the Black Ice score and all the revolutionary uh, countries in the, Africa, the, the Blackbird, the the Grosfield novel, yeah, <laughs> good stuff. Yeah, I mean. Those guys were so close. Um, I don't know if you've read the uh, introductions to the new printings of. Uh, no, I've only seen a few of them on the site there. So yeah, the uh, well, uh, the way it was supposed to go was uh, Lawrence Block was going to publish the uh, the introduction to Butcher's Moon on his Facebook page, and then University of Chicago Press was going to publish the uh, introduction. Uh, introduce- introduction to come back on their page and then I was going to publish the introduction to backflash on my page mm-hmm. uh, but they uh they fell down on the job I I need to oh. find out what's going on there but uh the three introductions are all by Lawrence Block and 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 they sort of tell the story about him and Westlake and his relationship to Parker and praise of the writing and it, it's really good stuff which I really hope we can find a way to get this done. I, I would. I, I'm always interested in finding out more about those connections because I, it seems to me that the the before they really both got into big big into series, they were very experimental in trying to find their voice. And it you know you you see that later in the echoes of of the series. So the way I found Donald Westlake was through. Uh, or Richard Stark was through uh, one of the Lawrence Block burglar books. Um, I've never, Bernie read, I've never read any of those. I've only read his uh, his darker stuff. It's 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 actually they're they're mysteries. They're which is funny because Block and Block Block does mysteries a lot more than Westlake does. Block's actually a mystery writer in a sense, um, but. Westlake really doesn't do. I mean, this is a this is a murder mystery too, right? But that's not the focus. It's more like uh, 
person identity mystery is solving the the who am I question and how am I going to live with the fact that I don't know who I am sort of thing. But the 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 burglar books are mysteries and the main character is uh, a burglar slash bookseller. He has a bookstore and he's a burglar at night. And uh, in his bookstore, he was before the plot starts, he's busy reading this book. It sounds really, really interesting about this guy named Parker. And I'm thinking, oh, God, I wonder if that's a real book. And I looked it up, and I found a copy. Yeah. Of, well, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, oh, I, it's I, a real I, title. I know that reference. Which, which, uh, which one of those uh, is that? Uh, I can't remember. which, which it's, it's not one of the later ones. It's one of the earlier ones, maybe like book three or something like that, book two. The first book, he's not a bookseller. He's just a burglar. The second, that's called Burglars Can't Be Choosers. And then the subsequent books are all, um, uh, you know, use burglar in the title, like The Burglar Who Traded Ted, Ted Williams. It's about stealing some baseball cards. And there's The Burglar Who Painted Like Mondrian. He steals a Mondrian or something like that, you know, a painting. And uh, so it's it's in one of those early, early books. And it's early in the scene. It's 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 just you know it's the character saying basically like Lawrence Block this this is a really good book and he was right it was a really good book it sounded interesting it was one of the score books I think that it was uh, from the, the the lines that are transposed into the book yeah the uh, the the rare coin score is is one of my personal favorites it's a good one uh, which I'm, I'm I'm about to come up uh, on my rereading process. That's that's where Claire was introduced. I, I, I still think you're wrong that, that that he should have written that novel where Claire got killed. I, I just don't see him doing that because because that's that's uh, he. I think I think he was, you know, he matured out of out of Parker. I think. I mean, he he kept it going because it was it was a popular series, but I don't think I think you know he was writing. He used to be writing about the stuff he knew. And then he sort of started writing about the stuff he knew because the stuff he knew was living in the country and, you know, having a house. And then and he'd, he'd imagine himself off on some adventure, you know, stealing something. But, uh, yeah, like the later series, Flash Fire, there's lots of good stuff in there. I, I really like Flash Fire. I think that was one of the better That's the one later making ones. the movie out of. Is that right? Yep. Okay. With, uh, with Jason Statham. Well, we'll see. I... I, I yeah, I don't. It's it'll be all right. Yeah, I, like yeah, I, I, I'm of the same mind. Um, I I have been reassured that uh, unlike a lot of the cinema versions, they're going to try really hard, at least at conception, to to keep the to keep Parker Parker, and they're actually allowed to use the name this time. No, he's dead, so well, he can't complain, you know. Well, but 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 the family has the rights, and and we'll see. Every every indication, I every, much every indication more... is that is is that they uh, they wouldn't have given the green light on this if uh, if they thought that they were going to you know turn it into uh, like I don't know if you've seen Split or uh, that what Split? No, I've seen that one. <laughs> one. Well, that was where uh, Jim Brown was Parker. Uh, Black exploitation flick with uh, Ernest Borgnine, and uh, it, it's like they, they 
just took the plot and stapled everything else onto it. Well, we've talked about Parker movies before, and I think we both agree that the outfits the 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 only real Parker movie. <laughs> when when would would you agree with that? Uh, the outfits the closest. Um, that and the uh, director's cut of uh, Payback. Yeah, it was okay. It wasn't. Uh, not saying it was brilliant, but it was. Uh, but you know what? It was adapting. It was adapting the Hunter, which I think is not a very good book. I mean, it's it's my least favorite Parker you book. You are so wrong on that. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I don't. I, I read it a couple times, and I'm not impressed. It's it, he 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 didn't fully develop the character. He hadn't fully developed it. He was still working on it, still thinking about how it would be, and it it took him a while before. I, I think it he's really got most of it in the, the man with the getaway face, and then it, in the outfit he's firing on all cylinders, the mourner, and and then you know it it just I, I think he loses control somewhere when those those double length ones started appearing. I, I sort of start losing track of how many different characters are going on then. Uh, what was what number is the score? I think the score is one of his very best ones. Oh, the score is awesome. I think that's number five. Yeah, that's it's it's an amazing. It's it's almost the iconic version of a heist story. You know, it's it, it it's surprising that it hasn't been a movie six or seven times it already. It has been a movie. Has it? Uh, Which one? It's it, it's French movie. Oh, called, the French one, right? Yeah, called Misa Sack, or I don't know how to pronounce sans, French, sans, but. Um, and I have been trying to track it down for 12 years and have completely failed, even in the Internet age. I, mm-hmm. Well, it's in French as well, which is – you need subtitles and such. But um, I, I think that there's a, there's a lot of – what I'm still happy about is there's a lot of stuff I still haven't read. I still haven't found a copy of – you know, uh, I've, I've got a copy of Too Much. That, that was a fun one and got turned into an okay movie. Not exactly the same, but pretty close. You know, the one I think is pretty close is uh, Cops and Robbers. Have you seen that and uh, read the book? I've neither seen the movie nor read the book. It's about two uh, New York cops who uh, are criminals. Uh, You know, just patrolmen. And uh, uh, what's it say here? A serious crime caper novel. Two New York cops turned robbers use their legitimate identity as police to cover their activities. Mostly concerns an attempt at a big score contracting with the mob to steal bearer bonds. A good short thriller with resourceful heroes and some clever imaginative scenes. Um, and the movie is is uh, played more for comedy than it is for serious, but it is still it keeps the plot basically the same. And uh, the, it's a it's a buddy cop. Thing and it works better as a novel, of course. Just you know, Di- Westlake is is it's his descriptions. I think you know the way people hold themselves, the body actions, and and the inside you know insight into a character in just a very short description. You really understand uh, the intention he's going for. It's a it's a clarity that you don't see often in writers. He knows what he's doing. He's he's painting a picture of people with their descriptions of how they behave. And it, it's often done for humor. But I think that that's a, a fairly good adaptation of a, of a, of a book. Yeah, you're, you're, you're making me think of the, uh, the opening of the Hot Rock. Yeah, that, that's, that's the one in New York with uh, it's a, still got the Twin Towers still standing, right? Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's the first Dortmunder novel. And uh, – 
he he gets out of jail and he's like sniffling and sneezing and blowing his nose. Uh, it just it just paints an immediate picture of poor, poor, pitiful me. But he doesn't think of himself that way. But the reader thinks of him that way. Oh, I got gotcha. you. You're talking. To, okay, got the book. But yeah, um, I'm not as I'm not as big a fan as the Dortmunder series as I should be. I I think it's because it's a series. I uh, and it's a comedy. They they sort of all feel the same to me. So it's like another adventure with the same crew. Yeah, the the the, the first one's brilliant. I I, I won't uh, I won't. I won't recommend the entire series, although a lot of people like it, which is why I kept writing them. Mm-hmm. But the first one that I thought was funny as hell, and I, I don't like comic writing as a general rule. I'm, I'm much more of a hard-boiled guy. They're not jokes. They're just uh, caricatures in a way. They're, they're people that are almost cartoon-like in their... Well, their caricature well, it's hard to describe well the, well the high rock started as a parker novel oh yeah that's right that's and, right and, and, yeah. but uh westlake realized the situation he'd set up was so ridiculous that parker wouldn't stand for it so he had to make up a guy that would actually put up with all this garbage yeah what i think was that the description he said of of parker parker is the guy on the side of the road uh changing a tire and he's mad and the guy on the side of the road changing a tire and he he can't get it changed because it's raining and his life is shitty that's that's uh dortmunder and, and then uh hapless is the word yes. hapless well yeah and he's good at his job he's uh just bad luck happens to him all the time uh yes which and, uh, i i i I've I've read a couple of the uh, other ones and you know sometimes I like them sometimes I don't but uh with the hot rock it's it like when when he's just setting up the situation and the characters is just hilarious I I I need to watch the movie version again I saw it when I was a kid uh Oh, you haven't seen it since then. Wow. So I It's interesting. You get a uh I think the uh, World Trade Center is just uh, the Twin Towers have just been built just prior to the movie's uh, filming, so they're still a little bit shiny. And uh, it's a, it's 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 uh, Robert Redford playing Dortmunder. It's not exactly who I would picture. No, no, he, Dortmunder, he's, 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 but he's a little too good looking for that part. I always think of Dortmunder as short as well, and I, maybe Robert Redford is short, but he certainly doesn't appear that way. Yeah, Danny DeVito. Might have been. Yeah, uh, uh, didn't they do that? Wasn't that the Hot Rock? No, no, no. It was uh, the Diamond one. No, that was the Hot Rock. There was there was a, maybe uh, a comedian played Dortmunder in one movie. Uh, Can't remember. Yeah, no, the uh, oh, um, black actor Jamie Fox. Ah, somebody. I'm going on the internet just as fast mm-hmm. as you are. <laughs> oh, I, I'm just. I didn't see. I'm just I, there I didn't are see still the books movie. out there for me to read. What's that? Because uh, I, I could really, honestly, it's the movies. I don't really care that much unless I've read the book. In which case, I'd, I'd say, oh yeah, I'd, I'd like to see what they did with this. But I'm just glad that there's still Westlake books. Uh, you know, there's one coming that the the comedy was uh, the comedy is finished. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, that you, says you, you broke, January. You, you broke the news on that one. 
Well, a little bit. We didn't have the title, but we had a, a good chunk of it. But uh, there's a Kahawa. You know that one? It's a. It's a. It says. Uh, this is the website I'm looking at. What's this called? Uh, it's a. It's a bibliography. Donald E. West, like an annotated bibliography by David Bratman. Boy, stumbled over that. Um, He's got a really good listing of most of the Westlake um, books out there, if not all of them. Uh, uh, You need to send me that link because I don't have it. Oh, Oh, you must have this one. This is an excellent resource. the uh, the listing for Kahawa, which is a uh, set in, I think it's set in Uganda. Oh yeah, here it says Kahawa is Swahili for coffee, and the story concerns a plot to hijack a train containing the entire crop of Idi Amin's Uganda uh, of co- coffee, and make it vanish uh, one in the eye of Amin and a nice profit to the conspirators. This is the only, unlike most Westlink novels, this one. Uh, has only one caper, and the actual heist occurs near the end of the book. The bulk of the story describes the massive and intricate preparations, explores the characters, and deals with related plot lines, notably Amin's negotiations to sell the not-yet-harvested coffee to an international coffee consortium. It sounds like, you know, he went to he went to, on a, a safari in Africa and says, I'm going to write a book about what I just did. Well, yeah, that, that, that would be him. He likes vacations, and uh, and uh, I think that that's just exactly the sort of thing. I'd love to read a uh, Westlake bibli- biography. Is there one out there? There is not one out there. Uh, I, I... Maybe he's written one. Uh, maybe he wrote one. Probably not. No, he 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 never. He, he was a very private guy, so he uh, he he never wrote at all about his life. Um, I've been uh, I've, I've been asked about biographies before, and I did some research, and and I think it might not make a very good biography because it would be a literary biography, right? And he's not a he's not a um, he's not an international figure of. Uh, I mean, it's like Lawrence Block. He his his life is not nearly as exciting as his characters' lives, but uh, I think he had a drinking problem at one point, so that would uh, be he, a, he a little bit of drama. Yeah, he, he he had a drinking problem, and and then. Uh, but you know, his got, excitement is race walking. That's not like, oh boy, we got to do that. He, he got sober the same time uh, Matthew Scudder did, mm-hmm. uh, and he won't talk about it. Uh, I believe I read. Uh, I apologize if I get the quote wrong, but uh, what he was asked uh, on the subject, he said, uh, I, I, "I used to drink, and Matthew Scudder used to drink, and we both quit." End of discussion. Yeah, uh, well, I think eight million ways to die was the uh, Matthew Scudder sobering up. Um, one of the uh, recommended reads I would give is uh, Westlake wrote a couple of how to write books and I'm not interested in how to write fiction but I found them really interesting anyways because they are kind of like you know here's how I do it you, you, and you mean Lawrence Block right yeah Lawrence Block sorry did I say Wesley yeah. sorry yeah um, Block has written a couple of those one of them is called Telling Lies for Fun and Profit and and it, it's it's a very interesting insight, insight into how he puts a book together and I really do think of them as twins um 
in that they, they have very parallel careers. They wrote a sort of similar genre. They sort of defined their own genre. Um, that, you know, Lawrence Block writes Lawrence Block books and Westlake wrote Westlake books and Stark books. And they had a sort of shared history, shared scenery, but their personalities come out in the books in different ways. So, Well, if, 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 there's, if uh, they decide, the heirs decide that uh, we need another Parker book, Lawrence Block <laughs> is the one. I don't think he would do that. I, I he, it would be a, it would be for money, right? I mean, and I don't think he's really in, desperate for money. So, Lawrence uh, Block is always desperate for money. No, he's 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 he needs money to go on his his race walking tours or whatever. But he's he 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 just puts out another Scudder book, right? He's got a new one coming. Uh, I, I don't know if you've ever read his uh, his website, but but everything about it is, uh, and it, it's because he started as a, uh, you know, it's some yeah, it's do, it's do, merchandise. Copy editing, it's good. But, it's useful. But but um, Lawrence Block is unabashedly. Uh, He's commercial, you, but you need to pay me for this if if, I, if I'm going to do it. But but I I, th- I think he'd be uh, I think he'd be a great if there's going to be another one, which which I doubt will happen. But if there's going to be another Parker book, he would be the one. He's he's uh, he's the only person that he'd be the only one who'd be really competent at. It. I mean, there uh, hasn't Dan Simmons written some some sort of Parker homages, and I know there's the Gary Disher guy in Australia who's written some. Homages as well. Yeah, I, I've read the uh, I've read the Dan Simmons. I haven't read Gary Disher, but uh, the, the Dan Simmons is uh, he wants to make hardcore so hardcore it's unbelievable uh, mm. to the point where it uh, accidentally becomes comic. Which is to say, I didn't enjoy the book. Uh, Hard Case is is the one I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, getting back to the initial uh, subject. 361 is about uh, as hard boiled as fiction comes, like that, and some Jim Thompson. Pretty, stuff. it's pretty, it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty. You know, I think there's the the, the most hard boiled the Parker series gets um, is in. I think it's not a not the best book. It's um, it's the Jugger. Do you know? Yes. Remember the Jugger? Yes. There's a scene. I was like, when I read that scene, I was like, oh my god. I've been reading these Parker books, and I can't believe he just did that. Where he he goes over to somebody's house, and he's I don't know he's he's looking for the guy who used to be a safe cracker, and and uh, there's some teenager comes by, uh, knocking on the door. He's got his own life story going, and he says, "What what are you doing over here?" And and then the next line is, "I so I buried the kid in the basement." It's like, what the hell? <laughs> he just killed that kid. But that's that's uh, I, uh, that's the you know Parker doesn't like violence. He just uses it as a tool to get what he wants, right? And that we said, well, the kid would have spilled, and he couldn't have kept his mouth shut. So uh, of course, it's logical that he would have done that. You're in the way. But, he, he he was in the way. Mm-hmm. No, th- yeah, that that uh, I, I I thought of that book. In particular, like you've uh, have you read or seen uh, Misery, the Stephen King novel? Yeah, it's. I thought, uh, I, thought it, I thought I thought the Jugger was a blueprint for that. Yeah, well, in, in ter- yeah, in you put a, just, throw a writer into it. Yeah, 
of uh, and you know uh, that it's it's entirely possible. I don't I, uh, the timeline's probably right because um, you know we know that Stephen King read read Richard Stark and uh, that Miseries has got to come after the Jugger in this in the timeline. So I, I'm not saying it was a, a, a direct inspiration, but when, no, when but I was I reading could, when I was reading uh, the uh, the scene in the Jugger where. Uh, you know, he pretty much has to torture somebody. Uh, it was like, wow, this reminds me a lot of misery. Uh, it's a spiritual ancestor, perhaps. Yeah, there, 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 there's some connection there. I, I, I'm not in any way calling Misery, which is a great novel and a good movie, uh, uh, a ripoff or anything. But, I, but when I was reading it, I was like, oh yeah, you know, I think I know where this inspiration came from. Could be wrong. Have to ask Steve, uh, who I who I doubt would answer my email. <laughs> but uh, he, you know, uh, one of the things you, you think about why Westlake and Block are private in that way is is because if you put a lot of stuff out there, you get uh, actually no, no matter how much you put out, you still have to answer questions. And even if you've answered it a thousand times, people don't read those responses. They they want a you know, just go to straight to the source. So, just a blanket policies is you know what you have to do. So, Block says, you know, if you want your book signed, I'll sign as many as you want, as long as I wrote it. Um, but you have to buy two for one or something like that, right? The reason he's doing that is because he spends a lot of time signing old books and not moving new books for his for his people. That's uh, you know, it, it, it's a pra- it's pragmatic. It's not it's not uh you know privacy for privacy's sake it's it's pragmatism nobody's interested in you or i in the way that they're they're uh desperately interested in Lawrence Block and Donald Westlake and Stephen King you know millions and millions of people would care so oh yeah they don't oh, oh, they don't need oh yeah i mean this is why i would never never, never ever want to be famous stephen king who uh you know he's he's not the most attractive man. He's been happily married for thirty or forty years. Uh, has written about uh, yeah. I, I go to a bookstore and and women are trying to throw themselves in bed with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I can't imagine that <laughs> like the, 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 that sort of pressure that uh, the fame brings. He's, he's handled it pretty well. Uh, Westlake and Block both handle it pretty well. I, I think it's funny when Block uh, lays down the kind of law that you just mentioned. Like, oh yeah, he, I think it's it's just he. You know, you don't. He goes on that tour, and you don't know what it's like uh, if you if you've got fifty fifty people lined up, and they, some of these people have you know uh, like a a wheelbarrow full of books. That they want you to sign, you know, their collectors, their their resellers, or whatever. You've got to come up with policies. And meanwhile, there's a couple hundred people uh, or a couple thousand authors that dream of having that happen to them. Well, when when you have, you know, it's just like SFF Audio, right? When you have uh, this idea, you say I, it wouldn't be great if I I could not have to spend as much money as I do on these audiobooks. Oh yeah, I'll start. Start a website and start reviewing them. See what happens, right? Well, then you have to start coming up with policies. Like we, we, we maybe have to stop accepting paranormal romance, right? Just what can we do? Or urban fantasy? We 
there, it's too much of a good thing, right? Too many fans can interfere with your regular operation. Oh uh, no, I I, uh, I am beginning to understand this. Yesterday, I got an advanced reader's copy of a book I'd never heard of from a mm-hmm. from an author I'd never heard of from a publisher I'd never heard of. It looks like it might be an interesting book. Uh, and after a while, you'll figure out what your policy is because sometimes it's going to be good and sometimes it's going to be not so good. But you have to it, – it really clarifies your, your understanding of what your purpose is if you are confronted by a barrage of, of things that aren't your purpose, right? The purpose of those book tours is to sell books and to, you know, uh, give, reward the, the, the readers. Um, it's not to – Make money for guys who are selling your old books on eBay, and it's not to uh, you know fuel speculation of you know fuel more emails that you have to answer. So uh, his policy his policies seem to make sense. I, I didn't have any communication with Westlake before he died, but um, all the stuff I got from Lawrence Block it was so well reasoned. It's like, yep, you're right. I don't. I can see why you're not answering this question. <laughs> His explanation was, "Yep, that makes sense," because you know he's, he he can't remember, right? Can't remember everything he wrote because um, he wrote so much, and he can't uh, explain. Um, you know, he, he it's possible uh, he didn't write all Sheldon Lord, right? So, it, it, you know, refers to the parts that he did. It, it makes sense when you're a huge success, you have to have some sort of barriers that prevent prevent the overflow. So. I, 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 I like that Lawrence Block is now embracing his uh, sleaze past. He's, he's publishing all of his old books uh, digitally. I hope it is all. Is, is, that happen- is that really happening, the e-book? Yeah, yeah he's doing that. Uh, Interesting. And, uh, yeah, he's... Like, for, for a long time, he would not sign books that he didn't write. Uh, including books that he did write, but he pretended mm-hmm. he didn't write. But not. Well, I, I, I think even saying pretended, like he's he, in the emails that I had with him, it seemed pretty clear that he he was reserving judgment on whether he had written some things based on the fact that he wrote a ton of books, and it was like forty years ago, right? And they weren't all under you know. So I made I at one point I made a list of all the Sheldon Lord books. And any evidence that there was to think that one of them was one of his. And some of the ones I pre- presented to him, he said, no, it wasn't mine, right? He would, he would pick out, you know, reasons why it wasn't his. Um, and I would say, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then other ones, he said, yep, yeah, uh, and then it's, it's here, and right? It's been reprinted or whatever under a different title. I think the different titles are... Like even tracking down the original publication of 361 was a bit of a uh, a bit of a chore. It was Random House. Like it, it's not on the Hard Case Crime website. Not that the, you know they want to advertise the old hardback edition, but I wanted to see if it if it had a, a different you know anything different about it than the the current one. The uh, yeah um, Lawrence Lawrence Block. Uh there, there's somebody that maybe you should do a, a podcast with, named Lynn Monroe. Uh, I heard her. Uh, it's actually a guy, mm. Lynn. Uh, I have 
uh, corresponded with them and have a, a gigantic bunch of. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure we've nailed every Westlake sleaze book between us. Some of, hmm. some of which were were co-written by Lawrence Block, and the and the only reason that it's not up yet is because it's going to be a really 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 long process. Uh, Make it a wiki. No, it, it, it's just going to take me a lot of time to write it up properly uh, because there's so much information out there. Um, it's tons. It, like Lawrence Block. Uh, was willing to allow, and this is a gorgeous book, I don't even know if it's still in print, called Hellcats and Honey Girls. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, from it, Subterranean. Yeah, it's it's expensive, uh, but it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, three three sleeves novels that they, they co-wrote, and he wrote an introduction to it, uh, you know, running down... Great cover, too. Running down how they met and uh, and how they ended up working together. Which is why I said if anyone's going to, which I don't think will happen, to, to take the Parker series, uh, one more book, he's the man. He could do it. He definitely has the 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 body of knowledge and the skill, and uh, you know, there, there. I mean, there there are other people who are uh, contemporaries to follow the same path. Robert Silverberg is one of them. Marion Zimmer Bradley also followed the same path, I believe. Started in. Uh, the sleaze books and went into uh, regular mainstream, whatever it is. Uh, yeah, it's sold out. So Hellcats and Hunt Girls is sold out, but beautiful book. Yeah, it's. I think I think you can get it digitally. Uh, the, oh, it's, 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 it's three novels, so they're under different titles than Hellcats and Honey Girls. But but yeah, I. I uh, even though I was unemployed at the time, I, I, I felt like I had to scrape up enough bucks to buy this. It's absolutely gorgeous. Well, uh, for future reading, uh, I recommend you ch- try and track down a copy of Such Men Are Dangerous. I think you'll like that. Okay. That's the, the Paul Cavanaugh book that um, that um, is uh, a little bit similar to 361, in, 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 if not in plot, at least in identity you know the identity uh, existentialism problem um and uh the other book in that series uh, by that author is called the triumph of evil and that that's actually more of a i think it's told from so i think paul cavanaugh is is the main character in the paul cavanaugh book just like um if if it didn't say donald westlake on the cover of 361 um, it could it could have been attributed as like a, a a true story. You know, it's 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 a confession. At the end of the book, we get that it, this has all been recorded, right, onto cassette or something. It's real to real, and so it, it, in a way, it's like um, double indemnity or uh, the postman always rings twice. The, uh, you're not sure if it's a noir or just a hard boiled book until the end, and then you find out the truth. Um, in that way, uh, the, the Paul Cavanaugh book is, is the same thing. The main character is the author. And then the second Paul Cavanaugh book is, uh, has a character as the main character. I think that they do this, this a little bit now with, um, you know, they get some, some ex Navy SEAL to write a book or something. And he, he writes, a oh, maybe there was Bravo two zero, you know, the, 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 um, SAS guy from, from the first Gulf War. 
know who I'm talking about. I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, well, one of the SAS guys from the first Gulf War wrote a book called Bravo to Zero, which was a fictionalized account or a nonfiction account that was kind of fictionalized about about his being captured by Saddam Hussein and uh, escaping out of Iraq on foot. And uh, then subsequently he's written a bunch of, of fiction books after his first initial one. And th- that was the idea there. So I, I, Because Paul Kavanaugh wasn't really, you know, we didn't know it was Lawrence Block from day one. We just assumed that it was. What's, oh, what, what's, no, what's the name assume. of the Paul Kavanaugh novel? Uh, well, there's Such Men Are Dangerous. That's the one that I, I'm saying is a little bit similar yeah, to Apparently there's an actor named Paul Kavanaugh, so when I looked him up, I got the actor. Um, and then there's also um, uh, The Triumph of Evil, which is uh, the second one. And then the third one is Not Coming Home to You. Coming, I think, is the apostrophe. Uh-huh. I, I get it on Kindle for three ninety nine. There you go. Yep. Perfect. And they're good short reads. Uh Excellent, excellent books. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm figuring the next podcast we're going to have to have you on for, if not prior, is going to be the final uh, Westlake novel, if it is the final one, uh, sometime in January next year. Oh, I, I, I hope you, uh, you get Charles Ardai again for that one. Well, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what's uh, coming out of that. And uh, I think there might be another Lawrence Block book uh oh yeah there is another Lawrence block book in the drop of the heart coming yes uh no um another uh Lawrence block um uh hard case um it's oh yeah the, 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 i don't remember the title it's out it's, in it, the spring this yeah, i believe it's it's, it's about the uh, uh, so willing is that what it's called no no it wasn't so willing it's about a chick who slept around a lot and then she decides to murder everyone she ever slept with. Um, hmm. Getting off. Yes. September 2011. Yes. Oh, writing is Jill Emerson. So, yeah, I haven't read this one. That that should be interesting. Oh, first publication ever. Okay, well, that's why I haven't read it. <laughs> uh, he's, he's, getting, he's getting back to his sleaze roots, which uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. It should be fun. A novel of sex and violence. This has been the SFF Audio Podcast. Please join us at www.sffaudio.com. <laughs>